Hey everybody, welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter too. And man, I think the wind is out of the sails already. <sighs> what yeah. a terrible weekend. Dogs don't win again. Dogs don't like cold weather. Softball but swept, I think. Softball swept. Did they sweep? South Carolina. Look at us. Women, women's basketball put up a fight. Um, they won around the 64 game. Yeah, they won two games in the NCAA tournament. Um, tennis got their highest ranked win of all time, men's tennis, over the number two ranked South Carolina. Um, but yeah. Don't know what that noise was. Let's take five seconds to stop Mississippi State baseball. I mean, what on earth was that? Are we going to take the five um, seconds starting now? All right. Um, <laughs> we have a little Tuesday morning segment that we're going to start. It's just like this. I mean, I don't think we're going to normally be recording on Tuesdays, but just on, on the days where we are, we're just going to kind of pick apart an old saying. I don't even know what the name of this segment can be. Tuesday but right morning. Um Tuesday morning that don't segments, make sense segment slayers. Tuesdays. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I just have one question for Sally, who sells seashells by the seashore. Why? Why? Why would you choose the seashore to sell these seashells? Yeah, it's like you don't see, you don't see kids selling lemonade under lemon trees <laughs> at the lemonade factory. Yeah. You know, like, she could have moved inland and supply and demand would have allowed her to, first of all, get paid more. Um, second of all, probably get more sales because anybody can see a seashell, um, like, stand and be like, oh, well, why, why would I not just go pick one up out of the ocean? You also, know? who's buying a seashell? I mean, tourists. Tourists are buying seashells. Had she, but did Sally think the, about the ecological effects of removing like a necessary thing from the seashore? One time I was in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and I was told if I took a sand dollar out of the ocean, I'd be fined for it. Like, what are y'all doing? Counting them? Um, uh, the, but no, I mean, I just... the economy. Did it because it's a dollar. <laughs> um, you will deflate the economy. Right. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I just think Sally could have had a better business model. I mean, moved to a landlocked state and and really watched these margins just explode. Yeah, like, why isn't she in, like, Kansas? That's what I'm thinking. I mean, Iowa. Named just Sally, she's probably from Kansas. Right. I don't know. She has a a lot to learn if she's, if she's planning on making it in business school. But anyway. You never hear about um, Sally. She probably failed. Probably so. Um, yeah, that's what we got. So That's going for two with Jack Taylor. We'll see you on Thursday. Uh. <laughs> I wish. All right, so looking back at this weekend, I'm just going to be honest with you. On this episode, I, I can be like the numbers guy. I can give you numbers that I can see on the stat sheet. But um, I gave up on the dogs very early on the Saturday and Sunday games. Friday was a different story because Friday we looked like a competent baseball team for... Ish. At times. I mean, a, a good portion of the game. Maybe not offensively, but I mean, 
pitching wise, I think I thought we looked good for seven innings. Um, not the first or last. Not the first or or the tenth, but um, I, I thought we looked okay. And, and we'll talk about each game um, kind of all together, but maybe separately in some ways. Um, Basically, yeah, Saturday Friday and then the other two. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday though. Like I, I could see the wheels falling off. Um, a few key things I saw Colton Ledbetter just let a ball get past him in center field, and that allowed a rally to either start or keep going. And I turned it off at that point, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't. I'm not watching a team like this. And then Sunday, I gave him another chance, and I watched uh, Graham Eintema not record a single out um, and give up like four runs in the first inning, and I just gave up and i probably might would have done the same if i had been watching from the very beginning of uh gerangelo's start on uh friday but i did not um so i just want to say our expectations for this team were not through the roof but oh my gosh like like i know we said that we were gonna like win the series and everything but it was kind of gonna be like kind of a bs way of winning a series like you know like Oh, yeah, one big inning, that'll do it. Like, we'll win like ten to eight. Yeah, that's, it wasn't gonna. Was it wasn't gonna be like Sunday. a six zero. Like, yeah. Uh, I wasn't. I don't know what I was expecting, and I'm not even talking about like coming into this weekend, but like coming into this season. I was like, I mean, surely it'll be better, but I mean, I don't know what it's gonna look like. Let's start now. Not better. Last year, we did lose the first series of the year to Georgia, but we salvaged the last game and actually put up a lot of runs to kind of show like there is some potential with the offense. This offense this year is supposed to be even better because we have transfers and and newcomers like as freshmen that are supposed to be able to consistently string hits together and, and score runs. I mean, just do what offense is supposed to do. But, man, it just... It really was not good from the start. I know I mentioned Gerangelo's uh, start on Friday. and He ended up turning it into a really good start, I thought, um, especially from a freshman standpoint. And, you know, I'll give this to him. You know, he's he's from Florida, and I, I know from the Caribbean in some at some point in his life. So, like, pitching in cold weather against his first SEC opponent, probably not the easiest thing for him to do. And he looked really bad to start it off, but he turned it into, like I said, a good outing um, to where, like, the, the game – was not his fault. The loss was not his fault. Um, yeah, he gifted um, Kentucky four runs in the first inning of that game, and uh, I forgot how exactly he did that. Um, there was, I, I think they they scored three in the first. Scored four in the first. Four in the first, and yeah, that was it. He walked. Yeah, I, he walked I know. A ton of guys. Yeah, he had two hit by pitches and two walks at least. Um, there was a a butt single that ended up scoring a run as well. Anyway, it just wasn't a great start for him, but he turned it around, and I, I thought, you know, it was a pretty admirable start considering how he how he began the game. Um, but the our starting pitching gifting Kentucky these four runs in the first inning of game one, it really did kind of set the tone for the series for how starting pitching was going to be. Um, and all that being said, I mean, I thought Landon Gartman really did start the game well. I mean, he it was the best beginning to the game of any of the three games that we had, but um, just overall, starting pitching this week, this past weekend, just wasn't 
what it needs to be in SEC play. And I'll, I'll give some numbers here as we get into our pitching talk. Um, starting pitching for the for those three games against Kentucky, nine innings pitched, six hits, 16 walks or hit by pitch, and uh, 16 runs given up. All that being said, Graham Intima did not factor into that nine innings pitched because he did not record an out. Um, so I guess it should be nine nine innings pitch plus just because there was a little bit more but no outs recorded to put there but uh, yeah five for um Durangelo on Friday and then four for Gartman who started off well had a lot of strikeouts and a lot of strikeouts looking early on but it it got bad and it got bad quick for Gartman as he gave up um I think seven runs in his uh four innings I mean just just not good yeah it, it wasn't a good time Actually, and, gave up gave up eight runs. Now looking at it, yeah. But do we want to go back what to do you have kind of the Friday bullpen thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so Lou Lou kind of salvages that start, and then we put in KC. I, you know, I was a little scared. He gave us two really good innings. Um, got he a came, little in, sc- came in a came in in a one run game, by the way. Yeah, and like. Looked, looked like good through two innings. I got a little bit scary there for a little bit. And we gave him another inning. Um, I I was, like, I know, like, hindsight. But I, I text you, I'm like, why is KC in? Like, take him out. Like, I was that, scared for his... him to come out for a second inning. Yeah, I didn't, and... I didn't want to see it. And people were like, I think Steve was like, "Yeah, you got to put him out there for the third, get his confidence up." I'm like, "No, you got to win the game." I thought it, I thought two innings was enough for his confidence to come up because in the second inning, like you said, he got into some trouble. He, like, he, it, it was just a little bit not like as there was electric. A, like I think he might have gotten it out, and then he gave up a double, and then a wild pitch got that runner to third. Like he he had some pressure with the runner at third, and he was able to get out of that with a strikeout. And I mean, I was I was fired up for him for getting those two innings. I was scared, but I mean. That's what that's what you need to do. As you see, get and get these guys some confidence. The third inning was a little much, and yeah. it proved to be what lost. Like us we have game. enough bullpen that I don't think we have to do that. And heck, we have Dom use them. Yeah, I, I mean, he came in anyways. Obviously, the plan was you know salvage this game by putting Dom in there, and we still went to KC. So um, and and like if Dom didn't come in after KC. I would understand leaving Casey out there, but right. if Dom was ready, why that, like just... if, if they had if they had turned to the bullpen and had nobody up ready, or if it was like Tyson Harden or somebody, they, not they to like throw... hurried someone in. So you not trying to throw Dom. strays at Tyson Harden, but I mean, just somebody that's less than Dom. You know, like you said, I would have understood, but obviously that was the plan. Dom and... was ready, and I like I know it's going to sound like we're speaking from hindsight, but. Um, and all in all, it wasn't like Casey let the bases get loaded and then gave up a big hit or something. He just walked the leadoff guy, and then we went to, to Dom, and ultimately that runner comes around to score. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't – I mean – It wasn't like it was bad. It's just I didn't see the – like we we know what Casey is, and getting two from him felt really, really good. I, I think the whole, like – Send a guy out there, and if he gets a base runner on, then you take him out. I think that should be applied to a starter. Like, if if the, if they want Durangelo, one run game when you have Dom, 
ready. What? And not in a one-run game when you have Dom ready. Yeah, exactly. But if, like, Gerangelo had, I mean, if it had been, like, a very comfortable setting for him, like, the temperature was good and everything, I like, this him game had been too. in Starkville. What? I would have given him another. That's what I'm saying. Like, you put him in, and then maybe if, if he gets a base runner on or gives up a hit or something, like, that's when you take him out. And you let you let the standing ovation happen and whatever. But this is a cold game on the road. I, 20 people in attendance, all state fans. <laughs> right so i mean it's just it was a setting like I, I was proud of kc for having the outing that he had i hate that this is how we have to remember it because it really was a good outing and it i mean they hardly touched him but it was that walk that came around to score to tie the game ultimately led us to um extra innings and then we we lost uh because of two back-to-back wild pitches by nate dom but I hate that we have to remember that Casey outing by that. But, yeah, you know. and because uh, like I'm, I'm pretty much I don't want KC to pitch. But I was like, okay, cool, we got two innings, good. Yeah, let's let's pack like it up. We, we found it. We found another guy that can bridge to to Dom. And heck, um, if he throws two, we can throw him Sunday. <laughs> right, and and I firmly believe that if uh, Dom had come in to start that, uh, was it would have been to start the eighth inning. Right, I think so. That's when he, yeah, because he didn't yeah. get four, six. Eight. Yeah, so that would have started the eighth inning. I think he gets two clean innings because yeah. Dom does not walk batter. So like there wouldn't have been a base runner on, um, and you know anyway, um, that was the Friday game. Like I said, I thought the bullpen was was managed well except for one that that one minor mishap with. Casey getting an extra batter, but also would have liked Sierra there instead of Casey and well, I would have liked it, but I mean, obviously but it worked, worked out. Casey worked. <laughs> it it's did work. The one so extra, the one extra batter, right? That that's what's so frustrating about. It. But moving on to to um, Saturday, obviously we've mentioned the um, the outing by Landon Gartman. He started out well, got four innings, but man, when it got bad in the, I guess it got bad in the third. No, it all just got bad in the fourth, and then he came back out for the fifth, and then it got worse. So, um, eight runs given up by Gartman in his uh, in his four innings of work. Um, but this is where we're just going to lump together Saturday and Sunday and talk about the bullpen. So the bullpen in fourteen innings of work for over two games, they gave up twenty hits, eight walks, and seventeen runs. A number that I'm really not even, I'm actually impressed by is the eight walks. This bullpen came in, and I'll give them credit. They threw some strikes. Um, the strikes were absolutely plastered by Kentucky hitting. Um, I mean, 20 hits and 17 runs is wild. It's Kentucky, four, by the way. In 14, yeah. It, it's, it's cold also. It's a team that had a good batting average, but had nine home runs on the year. Um I think they might have had five this weekend. Um, so that's fun. Whew. The bullpen was not good. But for all those people saying, come in and just throw strikes, that really is a thing when you have like a sizable lead where you can just trust your defense and if they hit a long ball, so oh well. Like when you're behind the eight ball the whole weekend, like, I mean, you need guys that can come in and just shut down innings and and throw strikes. I mean, not throw strikes. That's what I'm trying not to say. And like, 
Get shut down innings so that I mean, your your offense can maybe generate something. I like Sierra. Sierra was, was good. good. <laughs> what what was his line? Uh, he went four and a third, uh, three hits, two runs. Yeah, one. I mean that 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 seems to be. I mean that that's a great bullpen line. Colby Just Holcomb had a game. horrible one, but he was being squeezed on uh, two of his walks. So. Who? Colby Holcomb. He went a third, oh. two hits, three runs two walks yeah and i just it wasn't a great weekend for the bullpen and for that this that's this is where the whole like fire foxhall thing is coming in and i don't know how doom and gloom you want to get hunter but i think this is this is kind of where we are yeah um so you ever like ask a nerd what uh search engine they use or no yeah it's firefox um yeah, Firefox. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, came up with that that one real quick. Yeah, that's I guess it's what good. browser they use, not search engine. Nerds are gonna be mad. I'm a nerd, by the way. For everyone, Luke's gonna be pissed. <laughs> um, like yeah, I mean, also I, I, uh, back back to the Friday night thing, uh, and the the wild pitch that scored them and Kentucky won on. Okay, we had a wild pitch the pitch before. And you know what it was with our pitcher who throws 98? A spiked curveball. Okay, guy's on third now. Can't let him score. What do you call? Keep in mind, he throws 98. And doesn't throw balls. Like he, he throws, throws 98. And he throws strikes. Like... He throws 98. <laughs> <sighs> and we he throw, calls another curveball. Curve that gets spiked, and our freshman catcher just, up for good reason, has a tough time stabbing that. Um, I just, I don't want, I don't, I, we're going to get into the hitting. I don't want this to seem like we're all blaming us on the pitching. The hitting is going to be longer. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just going to tell you, the, the bullpen was bad, but a lot of those guys are young guys or, you know, newcomers that, you know. And pitching in a game that they're up, that they're down 10. Yeah, like, that's just going to happen. Um, I mean, we Mississippi State Baseball and the National Championship tore up, like, a really, really good Vanderbilt pitching staff simply because hitting is just contagious. Like, that's just going to happen. Um, but it, it's hard to look at this and, and just blame the pitching. The hitting is going to get blamed, too. But the, I don't know. This the look of this pitching staff two years removed from like the best staff ever, like possibly one of the best staffs in college baseball, like strikeout wise, the best team ever. It's it's hard to watch and it's it's hard to not think that Lamar or that Foxhall just got carried by a few guys named Landon Sims, Will Bedner, Christian McLeod, Ethan Small, like Houston there's there's a, <laughs> what? Houston Harding, weirdly. Houston Harding. I yeah. would. I, Houston Harden would be the Friday night starter right now. Right. I mean, JT Ginn for another one. Um, Peyton Plumley. I, I. There's good names. That. And then there's a long list of names that should have been good but weren't at all. And yeah. right Sarantola now it seems like we have a lot of those names that should be good but aren't at all. Yeah. So. I don't. I don't think that Fox Hall will be the pitching coach here next year. 
I don't think that Lamonis will get fired. But hey, back to back last place in the SEC, that's that warrants being fired. I don't care if you're two years removed from a national championship. That is inexcusable. You're getting Gene Chizicked. That is inexcusable. Because at that point anybody can look at you and say that you were carried by those pitchers I just named and TA and Rowdy. And, so. this, and those hitters that you didn't recruit. Right. <laughs> so I don't want to get too like I said, I don't want to get too doom and gloom, but this we're, we're staring this last is, in the SEC not, with single digit wins. Right. This is face. not one of this is not one of the better teams in the SEC. I I will be shocked if they are a top half of the SEC. Kentucky, I'm talking about. Like we and we just got destroyed by them. I know Tennessee also lost a series to a team that I would consider one of the worst four teams in the SEC, but I think Tennessee's going to be fine. I don't see the same for Mississippi State. No. Right now. One last thing on our pitching. Um, Itama, I think that experiment is over on starting pitching at least. Um, I'm just going to list a few pitchers, and you can name a few more if you don't think this list is complete. But uh, Bradley Lofton, Parker Stinnett, Cade Smith, Nate Dom, and Evan Sieri all have 100% more upside than Itama in starting. Can I put uh, Holcomb in that list? Sure, I'll take it. Like, I'll take Bradley Lofton. I know the the walks are there, but obviously at least he's there consistent. For, yeah, and at least he can get out of his own trouble. Um, yeah, uh, Parker. He's started in the SEC before, and he's won games. Cade, same thing. Dom, he throws strikes, and Evans here. He's shown that he can go at least four innings with some decent hitting teams. Are all the injured um, guys ever going to come back? That, I don't know. They're going to get ejected before they come back. I, I like, would you come back? I don't, that sounds like a fun transition into our batting. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you want to get into that one? Sure, I'll give you a few numbers here, and then you can talk about how it looked. Um, but Kentucky, they're... I'm going to say they gave up because I don't really think know if our hitters really earned any of this. But Kentucky gave up 20 hits. They gave they walked 18 batters, and they committed six errors. And all our offense could do was score 11 runs with that over three games. All those numbers, 20 hits, 18 walks, and six errors, all way above Kentucky's average for the year. Um, I think they had... They were the the best team walks wise uh, for any pitching staff in the SEC, um, and th- I think they had committed twelve errors coming into the weekend. So they committed you know half that in in just the weekend. They weren't all good. We could, <laughs> like <laughs> their pitching was not good, and we, all a, we did their starters all had a higher score, whip than ours. All we could do is score eleven runs, and. The number that I found that is just the most staggering, but it was easy to, I mean, it was easy for me to believe because I watched, you know, the, the part that I did watch, we did ground out a lot. A lot of our outs unproductive. How about 36 ground outs and 22 strikeouts? Jeez. 13 of the strikeouts were on Friday night, so that's just nine over the last two games. But, um, man. 36 ground outs, two of them were, were into double plays. 
um, that is just completely like not getting just just not getting the ball out of the infield. Like no possibility for for plays to be made on the base paths. Like we can't produce runs in any way except for getting base hits, and that is just not the sign of a good offense. Like productive outs are how you. <laughs> it's how you I'm help looking, when your I'm offense is for struggling. The stat for um, for our, our runners in scoring position. position. Someone posted yeah. it, and it was hilariously bad for the Sunday at, game. At one point, we were one for twenty-two. I think I think that was early on Sunday. Um, one for twenty-two with runners in scoring position. But over the weekend, twenty-nine runners left on base. Um, and I know last week we, we really did harp on the top four in our lineup. For those two games in Biloxi, the top four in our lineup reached base 20 times and had, um, I think, 12 hits to eight walks. Well, this weekend, um, six hits, eight walks, one RBI, and zero stolen bases. I know like over half of our stolen bases come from Imani Larry and Colton Ledbetter. Zero stolen bases, I think, for the entire team all weekend. Nobody. Nobody was getting on base, and when they were, they weren't able to move because we were grounded out on the first pitch the very next at bat. So, did you find that stat yet? I was one for 23, and I think that was in like the I don't know what inning that was in, but yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know what? I I'd like to give the benefit of the doubt of, like, maybe this was just a, a bad weekend weather-wise, like, cold weekend, our hitting got cold at the, just the wrong time, and, you know, all facets of our team just got, you know, discouraged. Our pitching was down, like you said, coming into a game where you're down 10 runs, it's hard to have that competitive edge, because so, we saw that. Landon Sims even did that in the SEC tournament. I would love to say that that's what cost this team this series and made it look so embarrassing. But after watching it last year, I I just have no reason to believe that this isn't just going to be every weekend. We we couldn't we averaged three and a half runs a game this weekend, and their pitching yeah. wasn't good. The the dude was throwing eighty six mile per hour fastballs. This is supposed to be like one of the best offenses in the SEC. Yeah, our, if if this was the first time that I've seen our offense go cold this season, which I know is unlikely, but like if, the, if this is the first time, I would be like, ah, it was just a t- tough weekend. But we struggled to string hits together against Hunter Hines had four RBIs. <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah. I mean, scored I'll, eleven I'll, runs. <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring that up. Let's <laughs> let's look at two guys who actually, I think, carried their weight. Um, Wait, are those the only eleven runs? <laughs> those are nine of them. Oh, right. Goodness. That's what I said. Hunter Hines, six hits, two home runs, four RBIs. Got intentionally walked twice. Kellum Clark, four hits, two home runs, five RBIs. That's nine RBIs. The nine of the eleven runs that we scored came from two guys on the team, and we scored twenty. We had twenty hits on the weekend. Ten of them, right there. Half of the production. Hit, hits wise comes came from them. Major majority of the runs came from them, and that's just 
I mean, they're the veterans. You'd expect them to, to be a big portion of our hitting, but not 100% of it. Don't worry. Uh, Luke walked with the bases loaded on Friday. There can't you for, go. Can't forget that one. Oh, captain, little, my captain. My and, then son, and then Saturday left the game in like the third inning because he had a strained back. Poor Luke. Man, you just hate to see it. Putting the team on his back must have hurt. Sorry. Luke hate yeah. came out. <laughs> it was just the, the weight of carrying the team, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I mean, huge weekend for Hunter Hines. I really don't want to understate that. He, he looked really good. Kellum looked good in games one and three. Um, Who got the other RBI? <laughs> you be talking. I'll try to find it. Talk about our, these other issues that we have going on. Okay. Um, we don't have a catcher. Um, at the moment, I don't know if Ross isn't ready because we said, Luke, you're going to be the catcher. You're getting all the reps. And I know that's not how like baseball practice works and everything. Like They were obviously rotating, but it's painfully aware that Ross was not ready for this season. Because you see him, he has like all the tools. Like he'll, he'll have like flash plays where he's just excellent, but... It's it's not consistent. He can't block balls. He's athletic, so he kind of makes up for some of the deficiencies. But I feel like we really, really messed up bringing or begging some of the old guys to come back on this team. And that was something I was worried about before the season even started. I think that that set us back in the transfer portal. Because we could have went out and got another catcher. We, we could have. We're Mississippi State. We could have went out and got another starting pitcher. Nope, we brought KC back. It's like, and, and we started him first weekend. So so obviously he was he came back for that. You know? Like that he, he only turned down an opportunity with the Pirates to come back here and be a starting pitcher. Like, like that and had it's to have obviously he was told. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be an SEC starter. And I don't, I think that set us back in the transfer portal because right there, I mean, that, and, and it's great to have Luke back. And I guess it's good to have KC back, but could we not go get better? Yeah. Like, we, we did it, I guess, with other positions. Like, it seemed, I don't, we didn't upgrade any positions. All we brought in was replacements. Yeah. We didn't have a second baseman. We brought in a second baseman. We didn't have a center fielder. We brought in a center fielder. And that was it. And this roster had massive turnover. It's not like there's a lot of returning guys. Yeah. I mean, they're either transfers or freshmen. freshmen. Like, that's you know, it. And you have, you have Kellum, Luke, and Hunter Hines. Um and lane. And lane Forsyth, yeah. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Did you find it, you got the other RBI? Uh, I think it must have been an error. Like a, <laughs> no RBI or something. Because um, there's not another one to, to be said. Um, so, yeah, no catcher. Did you already talk about a third baseman? Oh, yeah. We don't have a third baseman either. Yeah. Um, Can we move Kellen like, back there? You're on that train. I... I can I it want, be worse? Kel, I want Kellen Clark to touch the ball as little as possible. Yeah. Uh, shift. <laughs> yeah. Shift but, him, um, put him at third and shift him to the outfield. 
Yeah, Slade offered had two hits on uh, Friday night and then just looked. I mean, a lot of his at bats just look clueless. Like it's like it reminds you of Kellerman Field. It's it's a really <laughs> like a it's like a Brad Cumbus that doesn't hit three hundred. Like he just doesn't look comfortable at the plate. Uh, when he does make contact, it's a ground ball, and he's gonna get beat by the throw. Um, How is he not really? Faster? Really, no speed at all. Um, and man, it's just it's hard to watch a lot of this team. Yeah, you know, um, one, one one like cons- big consistency that we had was Amani Larry at the top of the lineup, and you know, I'm I'm gonna call it what it is. I think this was just a bad weekend for him. This is really the first one of those that he's had. Um, and so I really do hope that's an outlier. Um, he just didn't get on base very much this weekend at all. And Colton Ledbetter has strung together a few bad weekends. So, you know, if those two guys can can turn it around and get hot, and I knew it would be kind of a learning curve and kind of this, this gap in talent that they're used to facing, if they could get hot, like this team really could – like the offense really could turn around. I don't. I don't know about the pitching staff. I don't know how a pitching staff goes about completely turning around. Have but like this five offense, injured guys come back. There you go. But those, <laughs> I mean, th- those two guys getting hot really, really could kind of rejuvenate a lineup because we talked about last time. Like the top four in our lineup are huge, and they all get on base. And when they're all getting on base, it's hard to hard to stop it. But Weekends like this just look terrible, and it, it doesn't give me much confidence at all. Because, like I said, this like, or like you said, this is not a great SEC pitching staff that we faced, and I it, it's he was throwing eighty six mile per hour fastballs. It, it's it really is tough that that they got shut down by that. Um, um, are you worried about Bryce I, Chance? Um, the, the power hasn't been there. Yeah, not since the first weekend, really. Um, I mean, it's, at some point, I mean, it, it could be a coin flip between him or DJ, and it's probably Bryce Chance just showing a little bit less, like, being a little bit less upset when he fails. Yeah. Seems like DJ lets that really affect him in all ways. I, I, I want us to get DJ back in the lineup somewhere. I think that'd be fun. Because, if I mean, if we're going to go down... Let's at least have the guy with the highest potential on the team go out there. Right. Well, I don't mind that, but I mean, whatever. I, I don't. I don't. I guess Bryce a, really. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's weird. So, Gotro get the same treatment as Fox. Um. He has his guys. He has his recruits. They, they've specifically recruited launch angle guys that are supposed and to be. And we grounded out to second. How many times? 36 times. Oh, I don't know about ground up to second. It, it seemed like all of it were a lefty yeah. heavy lineup. You know it went to second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. two of our lefties hit, just hit bombs, so maybe not. Either strike out or hit bombs. So um, Luke like set out because his back hurt. Um, I, I just... It, it's just becoming increasingly obvious that this coaching staff might have just been born on third. Um they did like, the bare minimum. Like you, they they walked onto a team that had just made it to Omaha with a not very good team, or like 
after a really bad year, but like just rallied together, made it to Omaha. He had all the pieces there and he went to Omaha with him again and then had a 2020 season where a shortened uh, draft. What? With a shortened draft. Shortened draft. Yeah. But you did see your middle infield kind of, or leave for the draft. You filled that in and with, we got to give him credit there. I mean, uh, recruiting class and a um, transfer portal pickup for second baseman in Scotty DeBrule. Um, I mean, they got your, got your middle in in lane for Yeah. Got your middle infield back. Like not two first rounders or not two MLB draft picks, but like gave you a middle infield back and obviously a a talented one. Um, But man, it's just, and I think Joe recruited your left fielder. Right. I mean, like, all the pieces that were there when you got here. And I think that they're here now. Like, this team is supposed to be good. Everyone tells me this team is supposed to be good. Like I, We tell I, you this team is supposed to be I, good. I think we have starting pitching. I think we have guys that can hit for power and hit for average, too. I mean, Hunter Hines hit for He's hit 309 now. <laughs> like, the average is there. The power is there. Like... I just don't understand. Our guys have good stuff. Lou and Lofton should work. Yeah, but the longer they're with Foxhall. God. (laughs) It is a trend. I don't like it. By the end of the year, Lofton's going to have 100 ERA. All right. Well, I don't guess we'll get too far down the road until we at least see a couple more SEC weekends. We can, or at least. Oh, you're going one, one, this weekend, aren't you? I am. One SEC weekend at home, I think that might give us a little bit better of an idea. If we, but if we get swept, how bad is our good. Monday episode? It's it's not great because I know Vanderbilt just swept Ole Miss, which you're going to talk about in a second. But Ole Miss, probably not a great team. They're, they're us, but they can field. Right. So before we get into the games that happen, other games that happen around the country, uh, we are done with the Kentucky series, but we're going to preview this Arkansas State, and it's going to be the most minimal preview we've ever done. Um, Arkansas State is 7-11 and on the season. They just got swept by Louisiana Lafayette, who we um, beat in Biloxi last week, 4-2. to um, We should beat the crap out of them, to be honest. Uh, I don't really care who starts pitching. Um Probably going to see a lot of arms. Um, I will tell you one thing. If Bradley Lofton is not starting this game, he will be starting probably the Sunday game, I would think, um, of the weekend, which I don't really think I would hate that. I would like him on Saturday. (laughs) Not going to lie. Give me Gartman back on Sunday. Yeah. Don't mess with my mojo. Um but yeah, if Lofton starts, then that, I think they'll try to do what we did last week and try to get him like six innings and just make it a real start for him. You know, um, I don't well, care if it's against Arkansas ten State or batted balls, two earned runs, six inning pitch, one hit. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if we're playing <laughs> Arkansas or Arkansas State. He's probably going to walk a lot of batters, but probably only going to give up two earned runs. Um, I love him. Yeah, if if he starts, it's going to be like a real start, like. Go go as long as you can, but if he doesn't, he will be starting on the weekend, or else coming out of the bullpen, I guess. But I don't know. I'd start him. 
how it started. I like them. Um, the last time we played Arkansas State was a really weird game. Um, we won 18 to 10, but going into the eighth inning, it was um, 18 to three. It was six to three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we scored twelve runs in the eighth inning, and they scored seven runs in the ninth to make it an eighteen to ten ball game. Um, Cade Smith got a win in this one. Carlo Kessler got the start. Um, Kellum Clark hit his first career home run at Mississippi State, so a lot has changed. Was that one I picked up on Cade? That might have been. No, I told you about Cade. You were you were with me at that game. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Well, we should win. It's it's Arkansas State. They they're not very good. We should we should win this game. And I hope that we're angry and coming back home inspires us to do something. Because man, do I do I need to see a baseball win right now? Um, but yeah, that's all I have. I don't care who they start. We should beat them. Now moving on, ranked matchups that we saw last weekend plus. A bonus that we've already talked about. Um, you want to rapid fire these, like alternate them? Yeah, yeah. You want to go first? Yeah. Vanderbilt sweeps Ole Miss, dominant fashion. They go complete game on Saturday, or on Friday. That was the, that was game two of their series, though. A complete game, SEC pitcher of the week performance from Vanderbilt. And, yeah, Ole Miss bats kind of got um, exposed. Yeah. Um, there was a tweet by one of the D1 guys, and he was like, it made Ole Miss's batting order look mortal. I was like, they got like two hits. Is that, that's that's kind of less than mortal, right? That, it looks bad. <laughs> like, that's not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, 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 that's bad. <laughs> I just wanted to say that one. Um, next yeah. one, uh, Florida won two out of three against Bama. Uh, I think also a complete game, uh, Florida pitcher on Thursday night. Yeah, on yeah, their and, first game. And then they finished this one up on Friday with a double the header. Double header. Yeah. Um, Florida won the first one. Like that, that one was kind of back and forth. And then I didn't watch the second one because I was watching Lou struggle against Kentucky. Um, <laughs> but Bama's closer had a really big celebration after losing a series. So I guess that was cool. Yeah, Bama had a lead, I think, going into the ninth inning of the first game of the doubleheader. So, like, they were an inning away from winning a series at Florida. But, um, I mean, coming off of a series loss against Columbia, that was really big from Bama. I thought not getting swept is is obviously really big. Um, but they've kind of they kind of proved themselves in this series that they can kind of swing with the best of them because they they kind of knocked around. Um, what's the Jack dude from Florida? Uh, forgot his name. Uh, yeah, the Shohei from Florida. Yeah, they kind of knocked him around pretty good. So that was a good weekend for Bama, even though they dropped the series. Um, Virginia, uh, moving out of the SEC, Virginia wins two out of three at NC State. Um, seemed like a really uh, tight series. Came down to, um, came down to Sunday, the rubber match. But yeah, Virginia takes that one. Uh, Texas Tech run ruled Oklahoma State in the rubber match to win. Uh, Texas Tech wins at home. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I don't really, didn't really watch any of that series, but that's what happens. Seems Texas like a big Tech one. at home. Yeah, A and M salvages game three at home. Kind of proved this weekend. Paul Skeens is legit, even against SEC hitting, and LSU 
absolutely the team to beat. Tommy White got SEC Player of the Week. I uh, can't even imagine how many home runs that he hit. Um, but yeah, LSU wins the series, and they're they're a force to be reckoned with. That was a really good salvage by A and M on Game Three. Yeah, that's that really is huge. Yeah, um, USM lost their first series in the Fun Belt to Texas State. My Bobcats are good. Does, I that, like the Bobcats. does that transfer over to baseball, or do I only get them for like first two weeks of football? Mm, I'll, I'll give them. I'll give them to you. Okay, now do we want to read this one together? Since we've already <laughs> talked it. about it. You got it. Uh, Tennessee got swept by Mizzou. What? That's weird. That's crazy. That's that's goofy. But surely that's what every SEC fan laughed about, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, a, a crazy weekend where Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Tennessee all get swept. Like teams that... I mean, I can't even say, you know, excluding last year because that was like one of Tennessee's only years to be good. But like excluding last year, that would be like a crazy statement to hear. Like, especially you hear that Kentucky and Missouri were on the other end of two of those. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a weird one. I was not expecting that. And looked like uh, Vitello was, was angry. Imagine that. It's weird. Who would have thought? Also, do you? I, I know this is random, but I'm thinking about to last year. Um, do you remember when we lost that series to LSU at home? Like we were we, there. We got swept by LSU. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, we were there. So we were really close in that first game, right? Like it came down to like I think Jackson Fristo blew a save or something. Yeah. I, in my mind, I'm kind of comparing that to what happened this weekend, like. LSU was a better team. They came into Starkville. Uh, we had a chance to kind of punch them in the face and steal game one. They steal it back from us and then just blow us out the next two games. I don't wind exactly. Dated. What? With wind. Right, yeah. <laughs> Those home runs were just silly in that uh, second game. Yeah. I think both teams, right? Uh, I remember it started James out for hit. LSU just being silly home runs. Jacob yeah. Berry just put them up in the air. They just yeah. flew out. But like, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, a lot of times if you if you just get so close in the first game and then see, once you watch it get snatched out from under you, I just imagine that has to mess with your psyche the next couple of games. But anyway, still no excuses for getting swept. Like, especially getting dominated like that against kentucky we had more fans than them at the game right also what about your conspiracy theory that the hitters could hear ross heifel okay okay so i saw i saw this on pitching ninja there was a spring training game and one of the catchers had his uh pitch com turned up okay so imagine ross has it tuned for like starkville or biloxi where we had like pretty high crowds and that's what he's used to and then you go into the frozen tundra of Lexington, and there's 28 fans in the stands. What if he had it at the same volume, and they knew what pitches were coming? I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. I certain, I would like it more of an excuse as this is a young team. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh wait, 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 wait. Um, what's our streak in SEC losses? 14. I want to. Okay, yeah, 14 losses. Um. 
I believe after the Friday game, Robbie asked him, so um, that's, that's a, was it, yeah, 12 loss, 12 straight SEC losses. Um, and then Chris is like, well, it's only two for this team. Chris, that's for you. <laughs> Win yeah. the games. Also, um, in his game three press conference, it was like, we're a young team. Jack, without looking, um, how close would you say, just like thinking about it, how close is this team's age to Ole Miss's last year? We have a veteran first baseman, right? Yeah, veteran outfielder, mm-hmm. like Kevin Graham. Um, veteran middle infield. Yeah, veteran catcher sometimes. Like, um, the pitching staff is young. Uh, yeah, it's it's similar. Young is not an excuse. Right. <sighs> I don't know. Sorry, off my tangent again. <laughs> well, I've been a little with bit that, too fiery this episode. We, we we will get a chance to talk about Lamonis a little bit more with our Instagram questions. We have three of them today. We'll move into that real quick. So the first one is going to come from Duncan Helms seventeen, um, and I'm just going to give it to you like you said it. What the hell's happening? Um. We're young, Duncan. We're young. <laughs> We're young. That's a valid Give us a excuse. Break. Um, only only two of those losses are on this year's team. Um, yeah, I don't know, Duncan. Um, I, I really do think a weekend in a home series like like we're gonna have this weekend, I think it'll help us kind of know exactly what this team's gonna look like. It's like our nope. next twelve games are in Starkville or ninety minutes down the road, right? What's 90 minutes down the road? Tuscaloosa. Oh, but, okay, Tuscaloosa, okay. Did not know where you were going with that, but. Like, that's a that's a pretty big home stretch. Yeah, it really is going to be huge, and especially with Bama being good. I mean, this could be kind of a wacky little stretch. But, yeah, next question is going to come from Brooks Taylor. Lamonis is closer to the hot seat. If this year ends like last year, is next year going to be do or die? I don't um, think he'll have a chance to do or die next year. Um, evidence I, of last year. I think he'll be given a chance to clean house and kind of get different position coaches. You think he'll do it? I don't think that would be the right move necessarily. Um, yeah, and then it would be on him, like if he wants to break that band of of guys up, or you think he's firing cheese. I don't know. I don't really know how close their bond is. I mean, I would assume it's pretty good. I mean, they've worked together for at least five years. But who knows? I, I think that he will be given a chance to, to make it work himself. Um, but we'll see. And then James McWilliams asks a similar question. Uh, if State doesn't make the postseason, is Lamonis gone? Personally, I don't think so. Personally, I think so. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for the questions. We always enjoy answering those, and we always enjoy talking about Mississippi State baseball, even if we don't like watching it. Talking about it somehow makes it feel a little bit better. So um, that's it for this episode. We will be back later this week to talk about the um, Arkansas State game uh, after that has happened, and then we'll preview the Vanderbilt series and our SEC home opener coming up this weekend. So excited about that, and we'll see you guys next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor.
we give our World Baseball Classic uh, after show now? I'm just glad America's not getting a LeMickey run to the finals. Yeah, I'm glad we have to go against Shohei. Yippee. Kind of glad that we don't have to go against Roki. He's good. What's the guy that's pitching for us? What's his name? I don't know. I think his name's like Merrill Kelly or something. Can he's a major league Lance Lynn? He's a major league pitcher, and I'm like upset that he's starting. And I'm like, all these other countries have like literally AAA players starting for them, except for Japan. Japan, Japan will have Puerto Rico, an MVP. Dominican. Shut up. Other than other than all, I was of those talking teams. about like Cuba, who we just played. Well, Cuba. Started. Did you see their cleanup hitter? <laughs> Yeah. Also, their their closer that they brought in, dude looked drunk when he came out of the bullpen. Yeah, he probably was. Fair. It was literally the guy from... Um, Benchwarmers? Benchwarmers. I am 12. But... <laughs> if... I am qualified to be in the World Baseball Classic. Where was that guy from in the Benchwarmers? He was Dominican. Right? Yeah, I think he was. He's like, he's Dominican. And then he's like, I am 12. You looking it up? Yeah. I think I think his name is Car- Carlos, maybe? Yeah, I think on his birth certificate, I think there's Dominican flags. <laughs> Put a cigarette cigarette out on his tongue. Yeah, I don't I am 12. (laughs) Just a hilarious thing that gets quoted a lot. By like 12 year olds and like 6th graders. Alright. Well that's the after show.